Welcome along. It is the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio. Porrick Harkin, good morning Good morning, Deirdre. Good morning, listeners. How good. are things today? Great, fantastic. We Beautiful are weather, surrounded isn't it, by a sea of colour. It is absolutely gorgeous weather outside for this time of year. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like it's the middle of summer it's like in the spring studio. springtime, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, we've loads of colour in It's today. hard to believe it, isn't it? There's so much colour still available at the moment. And I was really admiring the trees on the way up the, the autumn autumnal colour. Oh, yeah. I was just saying this to somebody yesterday. I was driving... Um, oh, between Balnagar and Elfin yesterday or the day before and it's got it's one of those kind of roads where there's a bit of a canopy of trees when yep, you meet in lovely. the middle all of the old type trees and Beautiful. the colours were just stunning it could be North yeah. America well it got, to be perfectly honest it could have been <laughs> you thought you were on holidays and I, the only problem is I didn't have t- I really wanted would have liked to have taken a photograph of it but I didn't have time yeah. I was just a bit on, tight on the clock uh, and it was fantastic yeah. and it's great yeah. when, you, when we get this lovely uh, cold temperatures at night time <laughs> And we get uh, windless days. Yes, so the leaves are the holding on. The leaves are on. just hanging there mm. and they're, the sugars are breaking down and the chlorophyll is disappearing and, and of course those, those lovely colours, those red colours. So it's gas to think that the colour is actually there all the time. And oh, Did you realise that? that the no, I didn't. Red pigments it. and the orange pigments, it's only when the chlorophyll, the green pigment, starts to break down in the autumn and the sugars start to return to the, to the uh, sap and it back into the roots that the colours are revealed. Really so the colours are actually there. We cannot see it because the chlorophyll is, is the dominant, dominant colour. Right. But the yellows and the reds then get their time I suppose to, to, to shine. And really this year it's been a great year for autumnal colour. Mm. The, the lovely shumax, the stag's horn um, shrub or, or tree and all the liquid ambers and perotia persica and all the maples. They're really stunning. Even the cherries, the flowering cherries. When we get a lovely autumn like this, like with the colder weather, the cherries take on a fantastic orange colour as well. Yeah. So there, it's it's a great, it's a, it's a fantastic year. Great for autumn colour. Great planting conditions. Um, but also I, w- I was chatting to um, one of the beekeepers on the way up, mm. our local beekeeper and just for the crack, we were just ch- chatting about how the bees are doing at the moment. Uh, because I'd expect them to be slowing down and and taking yeah, it a, a little th- bit I would, easier. I would have thought they were nearly <laughs> fully hibernated. Yeah, they do hibernate over winter, don't they? Well, they do indeed. Well, they, they will. They will flight on on very mild days during right. the winter time. But but certainly they're slowing down. Indeed, many plants have gone out of flower at this stage. So mm. you would you would assume that the food is the there for them. Yeah. But um, ivy honey, in particular, this year. Ivy comes into flower from late September, October through the first week of November, um, and bees are heavily cropping the ivy honey, which is full of nectar and full of pollen. And um, talking to Dermot, he was saying to me that the and and it's something that actually I had read myself before about the the uh, medicinal purposes of ivy. That there's a lot of medicinal purposes or medis- medicinal benefits mm. in ivy, and okay. bees target that this time of year because they feed on that honey over the winter period. So they store that ivy honey, and that's what they live on during the winter period. There's a lot of antiseptic qualities, mm-hmm. and um, for their immune system, it helps to build them up as well. So the properties in, in ivy, the bees have figured out it is very beneficial for them over the winter period to target that particular uh, plant and store it up. And Dermot was saying to me that one of the uh, bee campers in the Midlands has saved over 30 supers. So that's, I mean, hundreds of pounds of ivy honey from from his hives this year alone, wow. which is very unusual. And presumably then if one, and I know I'm sure it's not readily available everywhere, but if one does get a jar or two of that, it's obviously going to be very good for ourselves. Because well, I've ordered one for myself. Are you, are you not <laughs> I said to him, I said to him, and uh, interestingly, the now Dermot. <laughs> ivy honey crystallises, it becomes mm. um, oh, so- solidifies. Right. So it's very solid, it's full of glucose, so it's it um, very quickly it turns from syrup to, to, um, to a crystallised form. Now, you can heat it and 
it will go back to syrup yeah. again. So interesting. I'm going to get a jar in the next couple of weeks and try it out. And, and I'll bring some into studio. And we can you, have just well, to that see. would be great. I, I, I'm a lover of honey anyway. Well, he tells me it's got a, a very unusual flavour. Right. And um, it's kind of an acquired taste. <laughs> so some people really like it. Some people dislike it. Yeah. But the beneficial properties are there. So it's just interesting that the bees, particularly with the good weather, they're harvesting and the ivy in particular but there's lots of other plants they feed on at this time of year like sedums and asters and I suppose anything flowering but particularly the target the ivy honey because of its medicinal purposes. purposes. Okay, I know, I know I've had the honey from um, I guess the blossoms of chestnut trees before oh, yeah. Sorry, um, yeah. and that has a very now that has a very distinctive, distinctive taste as well which it wouldn't be the standard honey if you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. yeah and that's what you'll often yeah. get. Lime trees are the same um, in the Phoenix Park there's lots of lime uh, groves in there so the bees would tend to target and tend to favour certain particular plants at a, at a particular time of year but it's interesting that they're very busy at the moment. I suppose it's, it's down a lot to the good weather as well. Speaking of good weather, it's yeah. great planting. Um, it's a great planting period. And with the sort of temperatures we're having, you'll see it around your own garden. The, the weeds are beginning to germinate. There's a little bit of germination going on. So I brought in some seed that you can actually sow at this time of year um, from the Sutton's collection. So this is a range of seed that can be actually planted in mid-October, late October. will germinate over the winter period and then come in to um, to to growth and harvest then for the spring and summer. So things like, even simple things like onions, the scallions, the white Lisbon, this is a hardy variety. Um, it's called winter, it's called white Lisbon winter hardy. Um, it can be sown now at this time of year to germinate over the next couple of weeks and give you then nice spring onions in April and May of next year. So for people that have tunnels or greenhouses or a spare piece of ground mm-hmm. in the garden, tidied up, ready to sow a bit of seed, that's something that could be certainly sowed. Peas, believe it or not. Oh, is this time for sowing You, you can sow peas in the autumn. I'm all often talk about planting sweet peas at this time of year but you can also sow garden peas um, yeah, and, and so are they your regular ordinary these garden? are your regular go for the um, hardier varieties so there's a, a very good one here called early onward it's in the Sutton's range and um, there's about I don't know there's probably a hundred seed in a packet but um, if you sow them now again they'll germinate over the winter autumn winter period and again you're, you're I suppose you're getting a jump star, start in the summer those peas will come into flower in May and you'll have them then to harvest in late June, July of next year, probably a month to six weeks before you traditionally have them. So it's really kind of using the autumn temperatures that we're having at the moment and the and the particular good weather to get some seed into the ground. This is another variety of seed, a vegetable seed called their broad beans, and it's a variety called the Sutton. Um, so again, it's in the Sutton's right. range, a really good variety of broad bean, easy to sow, very easy to grow. And, um, you know, you can sow them directly out of doors now into the garden soil and they'll be perfectly fine. But there's a lot of other vegetable seed and flower seed. Night scented scented stock, I was looking at that last night. So again, it's a hardy annual, fantastic scent, particularly released at night time. So if you sow the seeds now, again, they'll germinate over the next couple of weeks and come into flower then in April and May of next year. So many of the hardy annuals can be sowed at this time of year. Wildflower seed, this is Mm -hmm. its time. It, in nature, it's dropping its seed anyway. So we mimic that by sowing the seed of wildflower seed. So again, if you have a piece of ground in the garden that you want to tidy up or maybe under apple trees or a bit area of ground that you just want to put a bit of fl- wildflower yeah, seed yeah, in, this is the time of year to get some wildflower mixes, rake the soil, sow the seed, rake it over, and again, within a month, the seed will germinate. They continue to grow during the winter months, but then come into flower in the springtime. And in through the wildflower mix, you can always add some of our spring bulbs. So the dwarf daffodils or the common daffodils, narcissi, um, 
you know, some of the maybe things like the um, fritillarias, which are, I actually brought you, we, we talked okay. about these before. Yes, we so did. So I brought you a packet in. Here, oh, that's okay. fritillaria. fritillaria. So fritillaria, they come in a whole range of different colours. Snake's head, oh, they look good. They're the snake's heads, yeah. So the small nodding heads, they only grow about a foot in height. Lovely on a pathway or walkway, lovely under shrubs. You plant them now, they'll come into flower then in April and May and early June of next year. Really, really easy plant to grow. So this is the time, again, that would look very well in a wild flower meadow as well because naturally enough, the um, fritillaria will be in flower in April as the wildflower seeds are beginning to grow and, 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 and grow on before they get tall. Right, so this kind of provides a bit of early colour in that patch or in exactly. that area. Short colour, a plant that comes back into flower year after year. Cyclamen are in flower at the moment. Now, now we have a, st- a stunning show of cyclamen. I, in I brought some cyclamen yeah. in. Now these are these are the traditional cyclamen that we use in window boxes and patios and containers. So if you're looking for a bit of colour, I suppose, for pots, tops, containers, maybe on a grave, maybe on a, a windowsill, patio or whatever, you want to splash colour for the autumn, winter, spring, mm period, then cyclamen are really good. But you can also get the hardy cyclamen for under shrubs or under trees or along pathways. Um, Hedrafolium, ivy leaf, that's what it means. Hedra. Hedra is ivy and folium means leaf. So look for cyclamen hedrafolium. It's an ivy leafed cyclamen with beautiful pink flowers. I have them in flower in the garden at the moment. They're absolutely gorgeous. They only grow about four inches in height. They last from a year. They're totally hardy out of doors. A really stunning plant. So they can be planted at this time of year. So the planting of, of spring flowering or autumn flowering bulbs should be done now in association with maybe some wildflower seed. Okay. So that's, and the other thing I've brought in yeah, Deirdre is some... A couple, two other... I, brought, I, brought, I, I looked at kind of plants that are Ideal for beginner gardeners or somebody that wants something super simple, easy to grow. No maintenance, and he's not looking at me, you know. I can see you've got your eye on these two plants. So these are these are absolutely uh, so simple to grow, but yet very colourful. So this is a plant called rhubarb and custard. Oh, well, that's a great name. For As the plant, name suggests, so yes, it's got red, little pinks, and, and yellows, yellows and pinks. Yeah. Um, so the the color of rhubarb with the foliage, good, yeah. and the yellow of, of so rhubarb and custard. It's easy to remember. It's a foliage plant that produces blue flowers in the summertime. It grows in height, I suppose, eighteen inches to two feet, mm-hmm. about something similar in diameter. It's a dome-shaped plant. So full, compact shape, evergreen, retains the color. And as we go through winter, the red color and the pink pig- pigment becomes more intensified. So it kind so the of colder, to cold weather. It does. It, so the colder the weather we get, the redder and, and deeper the, the colour actually um, intensifies over the winter period. And then as we come back into spring and early summer, you get more of the custard, right. more of the cream <laughs> and more of the yellow colour coming through. The other plant I brought you in is a plant called Jewel of the Nile. Oh, wow. And again, a very, very easy plant to grow. Again, it's evergreen, um, super hardy, grows very well in seaside areas so it'll tolerate wind. It's a little bit taller, it'll grow to about three feet in height, three feet in diameter. Um, you can trim it if you want to keep it mm. shorter and it's got long pink flowers then in the oh, summertime. So flowers as well. Flowers yeah, in the I'm summer. I'm just looking at the leaf colour here now. now it's currently its leaf colour is kind of, it's variegated as in green and kind of a creamy colour yeah. but there it, it comes in, there's some pinks then that come into play as well. Well again you find the same thing happens as we come to go through the winter, the colour will start to intensify, it'll start to go, bring, it'll more colours of red and orange come into the mm-hmm. foliage as well so it changes during so the colder the weather gets the more the colour intensifies okay. and then it, it changes back in springtime again so think of Jewel of the Nile rhubarb and custard two very simple plants you can grow in the pots and containers you can plant them out into the garden soil in a shrub border or a bed you can plant them in groups together 
if you wish. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so, super easy plants. And both will grow in open, exposed sites or so seaside locations, slopes, banks, or in ordinary garden soil as well. So they're, and they're not fussy in terms of fussy, soil right. types. They're, they're super easy to grow. The other plant I brought you this is, is, yeah, this looks like this is an edible plant. It's, it's a pepper of some kind. It is. It's a capsicum. capsicum. And again, it's used be it's fruiting at the moment. Mm-hmm. So you've got the lovely red fruits. They look Here, fantastic. Taste one for the crowd. Okay, great. Just see you you might be able to speak for the rest of the it's, programme. It's 18 anyway. minutes past nine on a Saturday morning. <laughs> Will I regret this for the rest of the day? <laughs> Luckily, I do like uh, peppery stuff. Well, these are the, these are mainly used, dear, for their um, fruit colours. So they're used again in containers, in pots. There's a nice kick to them. There is. They're pretty hot. Mm. Um, there's a kind of sweet sweetness to them as well and uh, you're not getting that are you the sweetness no? Well, I am getting the sweetness but I'm glad I didn't take in the seeds <laughs> oh yeah they are well they're ripe at this stage mm. now so they're they're uh, super hot but you can use them you can cook with them oh, you yeah. can eat them um, straight from the plant or you can just use them for decorative purposes and I suppose that's their main purpose mm. so mixing them with the cyclamen violas pansies um, maybe some dwarf tulips in containers and pots this time of year or out into a border soil just gives you a nice bit of Mr. autumnal Connor. and winter colour and will that last in a bo- in borders, oh, or, really? yeah. it'll, it'll last out in a, like in a, a little bed if you want. If you're yeah. planting a bed, but they're mainly used for pots and containers, just for a bit of autumn, winter, early or you know, colour. If you had it in your windowsill in your kitchen, or Ex- something like that. Yeah, you could put it there. You could grow it indoors if you wish, or out of doors in a in a container. Okay. So there are some really easy plants to grow at this time so of year. These are capsicums. Capsicums, yeah, capsicums, capsicums which is anything in the pepper or chili family are capsicums. Um, <coughs> but you'll see them if you go into the, your local garden centre. You'll see the fruits on them already. Yeah. They're very distinctive. They come in a whole range of different colours: oranges and yellows and oh. reds. But they're just something a little bit different if you're planting up a container. And you could include them in your cooking if you if, if you, you so wish if you so wish. So it's really, I suppose, a busy time in terms of. Um, planting bulbs, planting seed, planting shrubs and trees because, again, the soil conditions are ideal Mm. at the moment. Um, Just to touch on, again, it's a good time of year just to control a little bit of moss in the patio, driveway, slates and tiles. The weather's good for spraying in general. So if you've got some weeds to maybe kill off or some moss to kill off, do it now while the weather is is ideal. In terms of your your lawn, continue to mow the lawn. Um, It's also, you can still reseed if you've got some patches. We had a few questions last week. People still asking, was it okay? Particularly if if you've got the soil ready I would get the seed in or if you have some bare patches in the lawn mm. maybe after controlling the moss put down some seed at this time of year it'll still germinate and do control the moss at the moment because we've got the perfect weather conditions now to eliminate moss right. rather than leaving it to the springtime right. so get on the z- zero on your lawns get on the pack on your patio and driveway or slates and um, tiles and just eliminate moss now before it becomes a problem next spring so they're the kind of things I would be doing climbing plants as well this is a good time of year for planting climbing plants and you'll see many of the lovely um, Parthenocissus or Boston Ivy, Virginia Creeper plants mm. colouring at this time of year again with a lovely red colour but a super time to get them into the ground the soil conditions are ideal, they'll start to root now over the winter. So plants like Clematis could be planted now um, I was admiring the uh, Solanum the white uh, Solanum mm. album the white um, climbing okay. Solanum plant which is in the Pileto family mm. of all things but it's a beautiful climbing plant still in full flower in October and it's been flowering since June it's hard to believe it's gone right, nearly that's a, that's quite five a, months yeah. six months nearly in colour um, so again really good time for planting climbers in general or even common ivy Virginia creeper Boston ivy um, all of those could be planted at this time of year so, so that, that's, that's everything now okay. I should say I have a fact sheet yes um, called Autumn Tips that's available on my Facebook page which is Pori Corkin or if you go onto my Twitter account which is at Pori Corkin you'll be able to download a 
list of tips, Things. hints and tips and what you need to do in the garden at this time of year, Perfect. particularly with the weather good. We're yeah. promised this weather right into Tuesday, Wednesday of next well, week. Well, I was looking pressure. at uh, the next seven days oh, and it's not, uh, there's no great rain. I can't great. see it, on at least yeah. on the, the app on the phone um, that I have, um, and which is usually not a million miles away yeah. from accuracy. So yeah, I think we're... we're, we're, we're and that's we're, it, that, that high pressure yeah. just tends to block everything out. It'll probably get a little bit colder at sure, night time sure. and we'll see a little bit of frost, yeah. which, you know, is no harm but either. But in terms um, of dry weather and all that, Great gardening done. weather. Yeah, really is. Okay, one that came in on email, I think, earlier in the week, Porik, first of all. Um, listener is wondering, what do you do to prepare for the planting of a new beech hedge in mm. November in my garden? They're wondering, do they need to spray the grass first and what food should they use? Okay, or? so yeah. first of all, beech as a hedge, it's, mm. it makes a fantastic hedge. I can't highly recommend it. It comes in the green form and in what we call the purple form, which is a, it's a purple foliage um, yeah, purple foliage like dillisk, like the colour of dillisk, or like a purple, um, like a purple uh, berberus. But uh, so, so beech is really good. It's very hardy. It's easy to grow. And um, while I like it uh, from a hedge point perspective, it's very, very easy to maintain. In terms of preparation, November is the time to plant because we plant beech bare rooted. Um, so the nurseries will be lifting them kind of in the, in the next yes. couple of weeks. In terms of the lawn, I would spray it off. So mark it. Get your lawnmower. Cut the grass really tight. Yeah. then mark it, put down a line and spray off that grass. So spray off the area with a little bit of weed-free 360. That won't contaminate the soil. And then the beach is good to go in terms of planting it in. My advice when planting beach is to put, in, uh, to put it in, in a, a double row. So stagger the row. That makes sense. If yes. you put them in as a single line, they tend, even as mature hedge, you still see through it in the wintertime. It's a bit thin. It's a bit thin. That's exactly the word. So stagger plant, um, spacing the plants two feet apart, but stagger them. And that'll give you a very dense hedge. You won't see it through it in, in the wintertime. Um, very full, solid hedge. So spray off the grass. Cut, cut the grass really tight with the lawnmower. Spray it off. Um, in terms of, of planting then and using fertiliser, I would use some compost and some... You could use some organic matter if you had it, some well-rotted mm-hmm. manure. Um, or use some fertiliser like Osmo Pro 6, about a handful of that when you're digging the soil. And that's simply it. Simply it. Very, you know, the re- beach is easy to grow. It's tough. It's hardy. Great time to plant it is any time from mid-November onwards. Okay, but so certainly the keeping the is there and the staggering of the planting. The staggering and get rid of the grass and the weeds that are there at the moment. So mm. use the dry weather at the moment to just mow the grass down, spray it off with the weed-free 360. It'll take about a week to work. So the ground is good to go then in November and make sure you stagger plant. All, you know, so... That's Lovely. important. Now, uh, listener in uh, the Balmollet area wondering, could you recommend some ground covering shrubs to subdue weeds in a large flower bed okay. that the owner is no longer able to maintain so well? Um, uh, also, an attractive compact shrub for colour and interest in the same bed. It's quite an exposed site in Balmollet. Well, you, so could, you could use either of the rhubarb and custard or the um, jewel of the nile yes. that I mentioned at the top of the programme because they're clump forming, they're easy to grow, they're evergreen and um, um, they'll help to suppress weeds because they're broader than they are tall. Generally speaking, with ground covering plants, you put them in in groups of threes or five of the same plant. So if you're planting, say, a good ground covering plant will be something like um, Vinca 
which it spreads across the ground, is very easy to grow. But if you put them in groups of threes or fives, they grow in together and they form this mat of foliage and colour. Mm. So you get this overall very uniformed effect um, and that helps to suppress the weeds and control the weeds. So really good clump forming plants. Things like um, Sister Sunset would be very good, Potentillas, um, this Rubrum and Custard would be excellent. The Vinca is very good for ground cover. Um, some of the ground covering geraniums are quite vigorous as well. Um, so there's a whole range of ground covering mm. plants. I think the best thing is maybe pop into your local garden centre and look for plants that will tolerate salt and wind. So stick to the the um, stick to the seaside plants. Even plants like the um, some of the um, hydrangeas, the, sh- the, the shorter uh, hydrangeas. There's one called Phantom. It's in like Annabelle, like right. the, the one that you but have. Like, yeah. But it's a shorter variety. It only grows about two feet in height. It grows three to four feet in diameter. So it's very much clump forming. And you prune it hard back every spring, but it grows back up to two feet and produces brilliant white flowers right through the summer would do very That'd well. Be, yeah, great options. Particularly if they're looking for a little bit of colour, colour as well, yeah. obviously, the interest. Yeah, some of the lower buddleias would be very good as well. The the dwarf buddleias stay quite short and again are clump forming. So really my advice would be to put them in in groups. If there are weeds there at the moment, control those with a bit of spray. Okay, so again, use the Weed Free 360. That'll kill off any perennial weeds that might be there. And this is a really good time then to plant. But plant in clusters of threes and fives of the same plant. Stick to plants that will tolerate salt and wind, which will be predominantly... Um, you know, Balmullet area. Yes. Things like the Aram lilies would be very good. You know, oh, yeah. the lovely big white lilies. Again, plant them in groups of threes and fives. Again, they'll fill up an area very quickly. They compete superbly with weeds and give long-term colour and do very well in, in areas like Balmullet, Ackle, Mulrani, all those Lovers. sort of areas, yeah. Ground-covering roses, the flower carpet roses. As you enter Mulrani, they have a fantastic show of those right on the left-hand side. They're there for five or six years. They cover the ground. You know, they look real brilliant from and, June and right the, through. And, and there isn't a huge amount of maintenance There's with Very, them. very little because they're mm. disease resistant. You okay. don't really have to spray them. So the flower carpet roses would be a good choice as well in groups, again, of threes and fives. So again, if you look at the way it's planted in Mulrani, they tend to have maybe 30 of the pink flower carpet all in one bed and you get that mass effect and, and good ground cover control as well. Now, a listener has an area of broad-leaved trees, their birch, alder and willow in a group together with a mm-hmm. walkway through. It sounds lovely. What spring flowering bulbs can I plant there now? Okay, well, you're in the perfect time for planting and um, all of those plants are deciduous so they'll shed their leaves now in mid-November letting good light into the area. The cyclamen I mentioned, mentioned the hedrofolium, they would be lovely right along the path because they only grow about four inches in height. There's another lovely plant called the wink winter aconite which comes into flower in December it's a bright yellow flowering plant again it only grows about four to six inches again if you plant them in clusters of of, uh, bulbs together you get that nice carpet effect snowdrops are absolutely brilliant bluebells if there's plenty of space because bluebells do spread and they and they cover an area. You could use wild garlic if you wished. Absolutely. Now wild garlic again, you have that lovely smell of garlic as you walk through the. Uh, it comes into flower in April, April and May, yeah. and you can use it. You can use the foliage for eating, um, and again, but again, it spreads. So it depends on the area. If you have plenty of room, then use the bluebells and the and the wild garlic. Dwarf daffodils will work. Um, the narcissi family is a lovely. This variety here, pipit, is a really nice one. It's oh, a yellow yeah. and white. Um, oh, they look yeah, very nice. Quite short, easy to grow. The um, fritillaria that we mentioned, they would do very good. There's another nice bulb called Shinodoxia, which again does very well in um, 
in woodland areas it'll tolerate shade so look at there's plenty of lots of the spring bulbs because they're flowering when the trees are still out of, of leaf so there's plenty of light getting into the bulbs so any of those that I've mentioned you won't go wrong with but again the secret is to put them into groups of threes and fives clusters plant the, the bulbs Excellent. Now, I bought a cornice tree called Milky Way. It was lovely in June with white flowers and now seems to be growing red berries or fruits. Is this normal? It's a lovely plant. There you go. So, Milky Cornice Milky Way is... is, um it's called Milky Way because of the star-like flowers that it produces in June. Um, And then those those, uh, flowers produce a red fruit. So the cornice produces a strawberry-like fruit uh, during September, October, November sort of period. So that's perfectly normal. It should also be producing some nice autumn colour at this time of year. So it goes a, a lovely autumnal colour, oranges and reds. Um, so everything is perfectly normal. It's doing really well. It's a really nice tree and a good time for planting them. Now, with a large shrub bed, weed-free, is there anything I can put on to keep it that way over the winter? Well, you can either, if the listener wants to plant it now, the fact that it's weed-free and it's it's a large shrub bed, I mean, I I would use the time of year for planting it up now. That, like, I suppose, very much similar to the Balmullet question, this is a really good time for planting. If you put the plants, the ground-covering plants, in clusters of threes and fives, that'll help to cover the area. You can use the plantex material and the gravel or mm. plantex and bark as well to help. You'll still get a certain amount of weed growth with that, but it does help to suppress the weeds as well. Right. And giving the, you know, until such time as the plants have actually spread out and have to fill up the area. So the flower carpet roses and this ground covering sea and otis, there's lots of plants that could go in at this time of year to help prevent. Now if the listener just wants to keep it sprayed and keep it cleaned, you can use the weed free mm. treatment whenever, whenever this weed grows or get out the garden hoe and just keep it tidy. And certainly I would plant it really. If you were using, well just say for argument's sake, we were using the, we want to keep it bare until next okay. year, spring, yeah. uh, using the weed free, would you want to give it a couple of applications well, over the period? period of time or what's the best way to The way weed free works is that it, it works on the new growth okay. so the growth has to be there now right. you will get weeds germinating yeah. over the autumn winter period so certainly when if once they're an inch high or two inches high you can go out there and treat it give them a spray of the weed free and that just keeps them clean okay, yeah. without contaminating the soil so it works through the foliage of the weed so it's absorbed by the leaf of the weed goes down into the root and kills it off or get out your garden hoe a day like today Within an hour, you'll have scuffled off any weeds that are there, and the dry weather will dry them up within, a, you know, within half an hour they'll be dead. So keep on tight. But I would, I would really advocate planting because autumn is a great time for planting up the bed, and the the roots of the shrubs will continue to grow over the winter. So the plants will be really strong going into the spring of next year, rather than just leaving it bare and planting it up next April. You're Which better is, off. You're right, you kind of nearly making double work for yourself because you you're do, trying to keep it. Do care. it now, so, and, yeah. and the, pl- the roots of the plants will establish themselves, and the plants will just take off then in the spring. Now, can you repeat what you said about growing holly trees from berries? <laughs> <laughs> did which I is say? obviously, which is obviously a, something you were discussing last week. It was. We, yeah. we got a question in in terms of propagating holly. What's the best way? Now, I did say that you can propagate them from cuttings, but they are quite difficult and slow to root. You really need a, a heated propagator. Uh, but they do root from cuttings, even at this time of year. Small, short cuttings remove some of the leaves. Typically what we do with most cuttings. Mm. So you, you take them shorter, not pencil length. You only take them maybe four inches, four, three to four inches long. Um, short cuttings, dip them in the rooting powder, put them into a mixture of perlite and compost, cover them with some cling film or some pla- light plastic material and sit them in a propagator on a windowsill and they'll root. Yeah. Or you can sow them from berries. So we, And it's a great year for berries this year on holly. So you harvest the berries. Generally, there's three to four seeds in each holly berry. Um, so you squish up the berries all the better if you can put them through a sieve, mm. cold water, and just wash off the pulp 
or the flesh around the, the actual seed itself and just take the seed, sow it in pots and containers or directly out of doors in a ridge. It needs the cold temperatures of winter to get it to germinate, to break down the dormancy in the, the seed. And sometimes, like white thorn, the seed of holly can take up to two years to germinate. So typically you get, if you hold, sow 100 seed, you might get 30 or 40 to germinate this coming spring. Then the following spring, you you'll get the others. Right. So it can take up to two to three years to get the hundred seeds to actually okay, germinate. Okay, so if that a makes bit sense. of patience is required. Yeah, or so more, so yeah, more seed. seed right? You know, so plenty yeah. of seed, and obviously you get, you know, you yeah, have enough have plants for what you want, for want to do yeah. in the springtime. So this is the time of year for sowing the seed. Just extract the seed from the berry and sow it out of doors. That's important. It can be sitting in a pot out of doors or in a tray out of doors but it needs the frost and the cold weather to actually break dormancy. Very good. Just uh, something I discovered myself because we were have, we have this project with the uh, propagation of the roses. I think I don't want to be tempting fate or anything like that but I, I'm kind of optimistically hopeful now that it might have worked. But I used um, the covering that you get from dry cleaners when, oh, yeah, perfect. for the, as perfect. the as, as the cover and I, I do it's because it's quite big and it gives a lot of room so yeah, uh, yeah it's and that's perfect and that's the great thing about anything like the cling film or like the plastic yeah. it keeps the moisture in it brings up the humidity it'll encourage the cuttings to root yeah. well, how long are they under the plastic now? so I think we're there nearly three weeks oh yeah yes. probably, you'd probably need another two anyway, oh, two to three. Well, they're yeah, not yeah. moving <laughs> yeah yeah, not yeah. for a while yet but yeah, yeah this yeah. is the time of year for taking lots of plants yeah. from, from slips slips I was trying to think oh where am I going to get now because you know we don't have plastic bags anymore to the degree that we used to yeah, have at that's one true. point yeah, no, so the, the lighter the, the material lighter, yeah. so, so cling film I, or that, yeah, material, that material that's absolutely really perfect um, perfect you're now, recycling Deirdre I'm recycling <laughs> and I think are we in one of those weeks where we're promoting reusing and recycling every week every, every week is recycling okay. week <laughs> now um, I four, we have four window boxes to replant with flowers would like some colour for holiday Halloween and maybe Christmas, please. Can you give me some ideas, please? Easy to grow. grow. Okay, yeah. so what I would do is, is uh, f- first of all, you're going to need fresh compost. So dump out all the old compost that you had in the window boxes. Put maybe an inch of compost into the bottom of the tray and plant some uh, dwarf uh, tulips, Pinocchio or red, or red Riding Hood or that pipette bulb would be lovely just as a base layer. Fill the rest of the container with compost and then put in the winter pansies, the winter violas, the primulas are just coming into flower at the moment. Trailing ivy would be quite no- nice. Mm-hmm. The capsicum that we mentioned would yes. be lovely. The cyclamen would give you a really nice colour. Winter heathers are fantastic at the moment. Um, so any of those plants will give you lots of colour. Even though they're flowering now, they will continue to flower right through to March or April of next year. So you get all of Christmas, all of Halloween, all of Christmas and possibly Easter <laughs> by planting them up now. now. Certainly the spring bulbs will be all all in flower for, for Easter of next year and the pansies and violas would still be in bloom even the cyclamen should still continue okay. to flower right up to then heathers would still be flowering so any of those plants and they're all dead easy to grow now my dad's birthday is next weekend our family would like to plant a tree with him in the back garden something okay. colourful at this time of year please well the, if we you know talking about the, the mm. autumn colour some of the trees we mentioned at the top of the programme that Parotia capersica is lovely liquid amber is fantastic at the moment lovely tree called autumn blaze which is in the maple family Think talk about North American Canada that's a real Canadian tree it's got a big big leaf fantastic autumn colours yellows and oranges so that's one called autumn blaze a really easy tree to grow very very hardy it makes a nice reasonably large tree in mm-hmm. time lovely shape um, you've also got um, so if the birthday is around this time of year every mm. year a, lo- a tree that actually fruits at this time of year is a plant called ma- malus so you have malus gorgeous which is a red buried uh, malice so it's in the apple family so it's got red cherry like fruits 
They're the colour of that pepper. Brilliant oh, red. Right. Um, and they're actually on the plant as we speak. Uh, and they're held in little bunches of cherry, cherry-like. They're actually it's, apples. So they're they are edible. To look. Oh, really? They're they edible. Are, they're edible. Yeah, they are actually apples. They're in the same family as our common apple. And indeed, if you've got apple trees in your garden, it acts as a very good it's pollinator. Of, of, but it's an ornamental tree. Malus gorgeous. Malus gorgeous. Easy to remember. Red fruit, white flowers in the summer. Um, really simple plant to grow. There's another one called Golden Hornet, which is yellow. Mm-hmm. And there's another nice variety called Everest. And Everest produces brilliant white flowers in the spring, followed by lovely coloured fruits in the autumn. So any of those, anything in the Malice family or any of the ornamental trees I mentioned there um, would give very good colour this autumn, but every autumn after that. So every October, every birthday, they'll look really well. And a great time for planting trees. I've lost my space on the text <laughs> for it. It's easy apples because there is a lot of them. Is it too late to sow alone? Jim wants to know. Well, Jim, you, if you're ready to, to sow, I would sow this weekend if you can. I mean, certainly if the soil conditions are ready and you're ready to put in the seed, then get it on. My advice is to put on a preceding fertiliser first. So get yourself a little bit of um, Park and Fairway or a preceding lawn fertiliser. Rake that in first and put on the seed on the same day. Just rake both in and uh, that'll germinate in three or four weeks time and you'll have actually quite a good nice green lawn by Christmas excellent by Christmas so yeah use the weather go use for the, it Jim yeah. no excuses because the spring can be you know we can turn around like last spring and March and April can be ex- excessively wet and you're yeah. waiting to May then to try and put in the lawn so you're better off on the weather it's really weather dictated rather than timing of year yes. so when we're getting this, you, you mentioned 12 degrees and 14 degrees I did. grass seed will germinate at 8 to 10 degrees so it's perfect conditions at the moment you couldn't yeah. get it better and for any of the things that we've been talking about this morning because the weather might be really cold or whatever it is come February March exactly. time and we're talking about doing things then and, uh, and wouldn't it be much better to be looking at a few green shoots coming up at that stage exactly have it already done us feel like less winter like yeah what we sow we reap isn't that but what they say that's so it. it's that whole principle uh, now I have uh, some flower seeds still um, and I'm wondering can I still sow these out of doors I have lavateria calendulas and candy tuft seeds in packets uh, when might they flower yeah you can you can still sow they're all perfectly you can sow them now if you wish and again they will germinate over the next couple of weeks and flower next spring next April April, May, um, so things like the calendulas will come into flower probably the end of April, early May if you sow them today. Candy tuff is quite a nice plant, it's, it's low growing, mixed colours, so again sow it now. Sweet pea you can sow this time of year and any of the veg that I mentioned, those broad beans or any of those, look at you, they, they'll all germinate nice. in the next couple of weeks if you get them in. Now a person has an area of 100 laurel hedges, hedging, right. hedging plants, that were planted as bare root two years ago. Right. There's an area of about 10 plants in a straight row in exactly the same area that have never taken. The other plants are doing well, very well. Replace them three times this problem area but to no avail. The leaves fall off them and the twigs turn black. Okay, so when you when that happens in a, in a hedge there is something wrong in that section, naturally enough. Um, and generally speaking, it's either the quality of the soil or it's down to wetness. Yeah. Wetness. And I, I've seen this many, many times with beech, with laurel. Um, t- plants will not tolerate excessive wetness. And as we come through the winter, the water table starts to rise. So whilst the ground might be relatively dry during the summer months, as we come into November, December, into wetter periods, the water level rises. Water then kills the roots of plants it squeezes out the oxygen and in that area it's dying so you need to drain that area so it'd be a case of putting in one or two little land drains taking the water away from that area and indeed raising the soil you could end up putting extra soil there so you're mounding up the soil in that area keeping the roots out of the dampness if you do that 
plants to be perfectly fine. It's not disease. It's not pest. Yeah. It's a it's a soil problem. And you know, my guess is it's water. I think you had that. Had you? I did. Yeah, I did. There was I think I had three plants uh, in one area, and uh, while it all looks as if it's fairly flat, um, yeah. there was a bit of drainage into this particular area, um, and mightn't always see it, but you know, underneath it was there. Yeah. So yeah, I I I actually dug them out, and I had to replant three. Um, added some uh, actually stones down yeah. into the base, yeah. and now I didn't go to any huge trouble. There was no drain drain put in or yeah. anything, but just to give it a bit more um, a bit more drainage in general. And the smallest yeah. thing and will, and I did bring them up. A small yeah, and bit. the smallest yeah. thing will actually and help to improve yeah. that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and I've seen it with beech hedges where big long beech hedge, the centre starts to die. You you put in, and I'm only talking about a small drain, literally something yeah. maybe a foot wide, go down about fifteen or eighteen inches, put some stone into that, and take the water we'll away let it from. Go the, somewhere, yeah. yeah, let it allow. Yeah, and that's that's all that's wrong there. Um, it's easily rectified. You're coming into the time of year for the bare root laurels again. You'll be able to match in, you know, get some yeah. stronger plants mm. and match in those plants, but get the soil because otherwise, otherwise it it's never going to. Yeah, it's never going to improve. There's no point putting more plants back in unless you address the issue. Okay. Now, um, okay. Somebody's three questions in one here. I think. Okay. What? 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 What time to prune apple trees and okay. roses? Okay. What to plant on a north-facing wall and flowers and colour for the garden? Well, I suppose we talked a bit about flowers and colour for the garden. Okay. Already. So, in terms of pruning, yeah. like most, of, I would be ad- advising people to obviously harvest their apples now. Mm. This this weather is ideal for that. Once you've harvested the apples, you can start pruning them back. Even though there's foliage still on them, you can start pruning them back. And generally, the pruning of apples consists of removing one third of this year's growth. So, if if they've produced two feet of growth or three feet of growth, you're shortening back at least a foot to 18 inches, pruning them quite tight back. Um, so prune them back now. The other thing you can do with apples and with most fruiting plants is once they go out a leaf is put on a winter wash. And that's simply a treatment. You mix it with water, you put it onto the stems, it cleanses the trees of, of pests in particular. Um, so that, that can be done. Roses are still in flower at the moment. So we're really only cutting back the old flowers, deadheading them, mm-hmm. t- keeping them tidy. And as once we get into probably the end of November, early December, then you can prune them back severely, really tight back, back within six to eight inches of soil level. Give them a good pruning back, but still enjoy the blossom. They're still, they often flower up till Christmas. Yeah. So anytime between now and Christmas, whenever the show is gone, the colour is gone, that's the time really to cut them back. So apples can be done now, pear trees can be done now, plums are left till springtime and cherries are left till the springtime. The ones with the stones. Anything with the stone, exactly. And all f- soft fruit like blackcurrants, gooseberries, they can be pruned this time of year. So again, you're using the weather to tidy them up and put a bit of shape on them. Anything that's dead or damaged or any canker that's on any of the stems, that can be removed as well. Okay. Uh, what about planting on a north-facing wall? Okay, if they want climbers, one of the best climbers you could use is um, hydrangea, climbing hydrangea. There's a hydrangea called petiolaris, which is um, self-clinging. It roots like ivy up on the wall, and up it'll go. It produces nice white flowers in the summertime. All of the ivy plants, so the variegated li- ivies like um, Paddy's Pride or gold child they're all really good gold heart they're excellent on north facing walls they're evergreen they self cling they're easy to grow um you know and they give you a fantastic foliage color um, and another another good plant there are actually some of the um honeysuckles that will tolerate oh, shade yeah. as well okay. it's north facing um so they would be quite nice as well but for me the hydrangea petiolaris would be very good climbing ivies are excellent on north facing aspects even Virginia creeper will tolerate shade as well so that could be used as well now what is the name of the feed for the big boxes tree in a big pot and going yellow top box top box top box Jerry is the answer top box it's a liquid feed 
Um, it's a tablet, a blue tablet, you mix it in water. Not only does it feed the plant, it also helps to correct the yellowing. So that's um, that's box blight that's on the actual, uh, it's a small bit of disease on the boxwood. So if you've got yellowing or browning, then that's an indication you've got some of that. So get your little t- bit of top box, mix it in water, pour it onto the foliage, water it in, repeat it maybe in a month's time and the box will be perfectly happy. Now, I have a lovely sweet potato plant in the tunnel. When can I harvest them? Well, it's um, my, my own. Is, I'm, I'm, I might do it today, actually. Um, they're beginning to die back now. Yeah. Um, so they've been growing since whenever we planted them back in April and May. So really any time from the middle of October. If it's still very green, I would leave it for another week or two. Uh, but any time from now on, you could start harvesting the tubers. So normally about the middle of October into early November you start harvesting the sweet potatoes. My, my particular plant's beginning to die back a little bit so I'm going to tackle it probably this weekend. Okay. Um, but once you see the foliage dying back, that's the time to, to harvest. Now, what time of year would you trim 20-year-old conifers? Well, if you if you want a little bit of tidying up, you could still do it at this time of year, not removing, you know, more than six to eight inches. So kind of a, a light tidying up for the winter, as it were. Uh, the best time really to prune Lelandii and conifers in mm. general is the middle of the summer okay. because they've made their initial space of growth in the springtime. You're cutting that back and they'll make some growth between midsummer and winter, putting on kind of a winter coat for the winter period. So if they need a little bit of tidying up now, yes, cut them back, but don't cut them severely because conifers dislike that. So a light trimming back, tidy them up for the, for the autumn winter period and then next June, early July, that's the time to give them a, a tighter prune or a tighter cutting back. Now, Anne has some variegated poplars and they have black leaves. She's wondering why this well, would be. Well, first of all, I wouldn't worry about them because they're going out a leaf or they will be going out a very leaf very, very shortly. Okay. Um, variegated poplar picks up diseases like rust, which will cause um, red pigment on the other side of the leaves, but eventually the leaves to go black and discoloured. Um, they all also can suffer from mildew during the summer as well, which again has similar type symptoms, the browning and uh, blackening of the leaves. But look, they're going to be going out a leaf now uh, in the next three weeks. So leave them alone. Do some pruning with them. Cut them quite hard back. And indeed, the shoots that you take from the plant, they propagate very easily from. So you could try a few cuttings for yourself as well. Uh, but prune the plant back, taking at least a foot, 18 inches of off all the stems. Leave it alone for the winter. And then next spring, if you want to control diseases on poplar, spray them with something like rose clear or a potato fungicide during the summer months and that'll keep them free of both rust and uh, mildews in general. Now, uh, one listener just wants to share with us that they still have petunias in flower in a basket. They bring it in every night. Bacopa's still in flower and they're all the time outside. A great autumn. Oh, it's a fantastic autumn. Absolutely. And that Bacopa snowflake, I I went to a friend of mine in Wicklow uh, at Christmas, I think, last year and the plant was still flowering down in Wicklow where they get fairly hard frost and it was still blooming away. So, yeah. Somebody has a geranium and the leaves are all spotted and going brown has affected the growth and flowering. They live, I think they live in swords. Um, Wow. So, good morning. In swords. (laughs) Okay. Um, so what, what might be the problem? The well, I wonder, is it leaves all spotted and going brown? Is it an indoor or outdoor geranium? You've got the herbaceous oh, okay. geraniums, which um, depends what it is. If it's an indoor plant, it sounds like it, it's possibly getting too much water. Geraniums at this time of year, if they're the normal indoor flowering geranium or those that we use in our window boxes and containers, too much moisture will cause that kind of um, paling of the leaves, yellowing of the leaves. So cut back on the, on the watering at this time of year. And indeed, if you cut back on the watering, they tend to flower longer. Right. Um, uh, you know, so cut back in the watering or maybe come back to us just to see is it the indoor or outdoor there you have the herbaceous geraniums as well which are totally out of doors and they would begin to start 
to start to die back now. They are herbaceous, they go yellow and go off colour for the autumn period as we get into colder weather um, and they would be naturally dying back anyway at this time of year. Is it too early to store carrots indoors in bags? No, you could start now, you could start harvesting them now. Normally we leave the carrots until we get the first frost which you know is probably going to be the first or second week in November but to be honest with the dry weather I will be harvesting potatoes, harvesting uh, carrots and they will store if you keep them in a bit of damp sand or into plastic bags or you could pit them out of doors as well put them into a, a, a kind of a pit like a a bank of soil with maybe some hay or straw between each mm-hmm. layer of carrots and you can you can store them out of doors as well. But use the weather to start harvesting, really taking plants out of the ground because if we get back to wet weather, which we will, yeah. it's difficult to get them then. Uh, yeah, and you might lose some of yeah, your crop yeah, then. Yeah. Anne is wondering, just one or two more to finish up, Porg, um, what, what flower can I plant with a hosta, which is in a pot? I with suppose, the hosta. Yeah, companion planting, I suppose. Well, so. I would use some of the spring bulbs because mm. the hosta is going to be deciduous. It, dry, it dies back once we get into November and it doesn't reappear until March, April. So why, why not put in some of the winter flowering? Some of the winter aconites would be nice and some of the snowdrops and uh, some of the crocuses would be lovely uh, as companion planting. So any of those would be ideal. You could put some of the winter pansies, winter violas, some of the cyclamen that I have here because, again, the hosta is just going to completely disappear. So a bit of fresh compost on top of the hosta plant and then plant in some autumn winter colour. So a mixture of bulbs and some of the flowering plants we mentioned, those beautiful cyclamen are gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah, they, they really are stunning um, stunning colours altogether. We're going to have to leave it So remember my there. fact sheet? Yes, yes. It's available on my Facebook page, Porry Corkin. Um, you can download it from there or you can get it on my Twitter Pori Corkin. And indeed, if you want to send me a question, you can send it through Facebook or through uh, Twitter or go on to our home website, horkins.ie, and you'll see the Ask button there yeah. and you can ask me a question. Oh, OK, great. So lots of opportunities. Not, not no excuses. Just, not no just excuses. 9 to 10 on a Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we are here next week, aren't we? We are indeed. We're yeah. back here next week to do it all again, yeah. OK, great stuff. Hopefully the weather... Well, you've, you're telling me the weather's well, going to be good anyway, so... yeah, I hope I'm not crying now. Uh, <laughs> next, next Saturday. Anyway, thanks indeed for all of that, Thank Boric. you. Uh, do stand by my Michael Neary on the way next, live from the MacWilliam Park uh, for a very special programme celebrating their 10th anniversary, I understand. Until next Saturday for me at 7 o'clock. Good morning to you. Have yourselves a great weekend.